Hey, it's Jason. Just a few quick words before we start episode 35 of the Valley of Green Gold. Uh, if you have been listening to the Valley of Green Gold, you might have heard the name Shane Loves Games as part of our thank yous to our patrons, our supporters, and our friends. And I think we mentioned a time or two that Shane was undergoing treatment for cancer and that we were rooting for him. Uh, and last week, suddenly, as a result of a complication from his cancer, Shane passed away. And I just needed to say something at the top of this episode because he was one of my best friends. And he was instrumental in making this adventure. I bounced almost everything off of him and, and he was really great with advice and thoughts and ideas and encouragement. And that, that's the wonderful thing about Shane is that he loved bringing people together in appreciation of the games that we play and the people we play them with. There you go. Welcome, wombat folk and trolls, sorcerers and orcs, to Rated RPG, the fantasy role-playing podcast where we toss dice and have fun adventures with our friends. This is the Valley of Green Gold, episode 35. Previously in the Valley of Green Gold, Bunny DePayne headed off to the wrestling gym to handle some sort of emergency, while the rest of the Whoop Whoop troop followed their noses to Batama's freshly baked muffins at the Hillside Inn. When they got there, they found Solarin Ravensmead was waiting for them. He said the money and amulet they took from under his cabin did not belong to him and that he was holding on to it for someone whom he didn't name. Solarin confirmed a number of seemingly important details. First, that he was one of the original heroes to go into the mines. He's done it time and time again. Second, that Flark bought dozens of Thule mining automatons, but they too were attacked by monsters, and when they fell, many were corrupted and revived by mysterious fungus, not unlike Clubhead. Third, after Flark left Crow Island, the remaining population began sacrificing people under the guise of killing monsters in the mines. And for a couple decades, that has worked. But now, things seem to be ramping up. Finally, when the party suggested they were going to investigate Maddox's tower, Solarin said he wouldn't go near it, and to be wary because that place is crawling with the undead. When Solarin Ravensmead left, he took a muffin with him and said he was going to leave it for Beatrice. Batima didn't know who Beatrice was, so the party followed him and learned that Beatrice is Mutie. Then the party went to the docks, where a ship had come in, and with it, possibly a person of interest in the murder of Trickles the Rotgrub Wrangler, the cattle rancher named Kyle. They followed a man to Alan Coltan's office, and Wendell used spider climb to eavesdrop on the conversation from outside a second-story window. Coltan called the man Kyle, and sounded disappointed in what Kyle delivered to him, but Wendell couldn't see what that was, so he tried to get a better look, and that's when he bumped his head on a wall and made a sound, and his cover was blown. Coltan, seeing the wombat folk, grew furious and barked at Kyle to go get Celine Whiteheath. As Kyle ran outside to do that, Clubhead and Silbeth subdued him and Wendell cast sleep on him. With magical speed, Silbeth carried Kyle quickly north of town, and as Wendell and Clubhead catch up to her, Kyle begins to wake up. Uh, hello, uh, Kyle. What? What's happening? Who? Who? Put me down! Uh, I put him down. I demand to know what's going on. Well, we, uh, we have some questions for you. Well, go ahead and ask them. Did you, uh, did you know Jingles? Jingles? I don't know anybody named Jingles. <laughs> Jingles. Is that his name? Well, there's no nobody's there yet to ask. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> what is this all about? Well, uh, that, uh, that rock grud farmer. Wasn't that his name? You mean Trickles? Oh, yeah, Trickles. <laughs> so you do know him. Yeah, I know of him. Yeah, so, um, you know, have you seen him recently? <laughs> about this time Wendell and Clubhead <laughs> approach. There are a few trees here, so you're kind of like hiding in this little forested grove area near the uh, shoe post. And uh, Kyle says, no, I haven't, I haven't been here in weeks. I see. Um, what did you think about his rock grub farm? Why? What, what is this? Okay, look, you, he points at Wendell, you were spying on me and Coltan in his office. And then he told me to go get Selene Whiteheath. Next thing I know, you, he points at Clubhead, <gasps> you knocked me down. And then, then I fell asleep. Yes, well, let me explain. It's fairly simple. We suspect you of having something to do with Trickle's death. He's dead? Yes. We have been appointed by Dandy Griffin as the Whoop Whoop Troop to investigate his death. <laughs> you ran into me while I was dancing, okay? I wasn't even here. I was I was on the mainland. I, I grab him by the collar and and pick him up and look in his eyes and I... This is an expensive garment! <laughs> I say, tell us what you know about his death, or you're in trouble. You're the primary suspect. Give me an intimidation check, and since there's three on one, you get advantage. Awesome. We'll give you the help action there, kind of. Twelve. Uh, you, you're not sure that it really landed as intimidating, uh, but you, you are damaging his his blouse. So, he's, put me down, put me down. I don't know anything about rot grub wranglers or how they get murdered or killed or whatever you're accusing me of. I, I am a businessman. I am a rancher. Yeah, but you, you could stand to benefit from him being out of the picture, right? Well, of course I could. Everyone would. Rotgrubs are dangerous. That's no excuse to murder someone. I didn't murder anyone. <laughs> well, who might have? I don't know, but it wasn't me. I want to make an inside check to see if I can tell if he's lying. Yeah, me too. Okay. I got an 18. 19. 10. Insight isn't necessarily a lie detector. But he does not seem to be giving off the telltale signs of somebody who's being deceptive. He doesn't have a favorable opinion of you at all. He has a hostile opinion of you at this point. So you know that he's not going to give you any information, even if he had some. He's not going to tell you the truth about murder if he did a murder. So that's kind of where you're at. Please. I, I just... I just do a little work for Alain Coltan from time to time. I'm a cattle ranch. Come back to my cattle ranch with me. Please, we'll have we'll have dinner together and you can see I'm not an evil man. I I'm a businessman. I'm a rancher. Oh, dinner? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Alright, we'll do that. Guys, uh, maybe Kyle isn't that bad of a guy after all. Well, there's only one way to find out. We've got to have dinner with him. <laughs> and this episode's called Dinner with Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you head back into town? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we dust him off, fix his blouse up as much as we can. Give him a muffin. You give him a, you give him a special muffin out of your basket? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, Batman muffin. Uh, he he smells it and he he hands it back to you. No, no, thank you. It's probably got gluten in it. I, I'm gluten intolerant. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> It means I can't have wheat. I can't have wheat gluten. Really? That's a thing? Yeah, I have to have us. I have to follow a very special diet. I have very special dietary needs. Huh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real thing. Anyway, I gotta go down to the warehouse and get my wagon that's loaded up with the stuff from the ship. Okay. You guys can get your horses and meet me there if you want. We'll take our mounts and follow him. I don't think any of us want to run into a land called Tan or Celine Whiteheath, so we'd better be a bit sneaky about it. So uh, I want to see if you guys make it through town without a land called Tan or Celine Whiteheath, because Celine Whiteheath, she never got the message from a land called Tan, but you know, a little bit of time has passed now. Maybe she's made her way from the docks back to Coltan, maybe not. So let's see. I'm going to roll a die here in private, and this will determine whether or not that happened. Cool. So you are walking through town. You make your way through the town square with Kyle, and um, you are not accosted by anyone. Oh. As luck would have it, you make your way to the warehouse, collecting Kyle's wagon and his two horses to pull it, and you head out of town to Kyle's ranch. It'll take about two hours to get there, and about halfway through this journey, with the sun setting at your backs and a cool breeze coming off the mountains in front of you, I want everyone to give me a perception check. Fourteen. Nineteen. Natural one. (laughs) What has Clubhead so distracted? He's really starting to second-guess whether he neutered that strange Pomeranian. (laughs) Well, you murdered it. You killed it with your club. (laughs) Yeah, but he's starting to think that maybe wasn't necessary, and he's worried that somebody might find the body. Aww. So he's really distracted by that. Our little boy is growing a conscience. This is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he just doesn't want to get in trouble. That's all. Yeah, that's typical for a child. (laughs) Clubhead doesn't notice anything. Uh, Wendell... You don't notice anything peculiar or interesting, but Silbeth, way in the distance behind you, you see uh, what appears to be a dog trailing you guys on your mounts and Kyle in his wagon. Now, it's probably a quarter mile, maybe even a half mile away. You just kind of catch sight of it, and then it disappears into the tall brush near the road. It Like just a dog by itself? It kind of looked like just a big dog. Okay. Are you going to tell us? There are so many dogs around that it doesn't really seem like something I would bring up at this point. Didn't you determine that that uh, guy was a shape changer, though? Change into animals? Oh, when you say that guy could turn into different things, which guy were you talking about? The one that was out at Mossass's cabin. Beaver. Beaver. Well, yeah, Beaver Beaver said he was a druid. Yeah. I also want to point out that Silbeth was consumed with curiosity about this book, and you would have time on the road to crack the book open and check it out. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to mention the dog right now, but I I would like to read the book. Okay. While everyone else is just focused on the road and Kyle is very quiet, he's driving his own wagon, so he's not really next to you or anything. You uh, open up the Flark Mining Collective journal and you start paging through it. And over the course of about an hour, a little more than an hour, you gather some information that uh, is in this book. The first thing you learn is that Flark Mining Collective learned that members of the Alliance of the Righteous Light had infiltrated their company 
and threatened to reveal the truth about the mines on Crow Island. Doesn't say exactly what that truth is, just that they were aware that the righteous light had gotten in. You also learn that the deal that Flark Mining Collective had with Thule for hundreds of automatons was kind of a bust. The guy who was running the company, the Thule company, he was supposed to deliver hundreds of automatons, but he only delivered a couple dozen. And it wasn't long after they were working in the mines that they started glitching out and going crazy. Some kind of fungus was causing it, was the theory proposed in this journal. Near the end, some of the final entries, you learn that a wizard named Maddox had presented a possible solution to the problems that Flark was facing. Flark wanted to reopen the mines, but there were too many deaths, so they closed everything down. But then this wizard, Maddox, had a solution. He was very secretive about the details, and he was demanding an audience uh, with the uh, board of directors, and uh, he had begun building a tower near the entrance of the mine. Really, the final uh, entry in this journal is that the mines were closing until such time that whatever is happening on Crow Island is resolved. They had taken the stores of supplies and other goods and kept them in a mine entrance building until further notice. They kept what there? Supplies, things that they might need if they reopened the mines. They would just keep all of the equipment there. Uh, it says it is protected. It is in a large warehouse protected by a magical seal. All right. And the entrance password to that room is what, Brad? Uh, is um, Barnaby. What a twist. <laughs> Barnaby is the passphrase to get into the Flark Mining Collective warehouse at the entrance of the mines. All right, so, you know, an hour has passed. You've learned all of these details. Do you share all of these details with the rest of the party? Whenever there's a an opportunity to not have Kyle over here, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you can trail Kyle by enough space that you can talk privately. Yeah, so I tell them all that then. Can I uh, do a short rest while we're traveling? Yes, you all can if you want to. Okie dokie. So you guys take a short rest. It's a relaxing journey to Kyle's farm. And as you approach about a half mile away, I want everybody to give me a perception check. 14. 23. Nice. Ooh, natural 20. Oh my God. Amazing. What a time to start rolling north of 20, you guys, because <laughs> the 20 was what you needed oh to see that big dog that you saw, Silbeth, uh, a ways back. Now it has made its way up in front of you just a short distance and it's crouched in some brush near the road and it is poised to leap upon you think maybe Kyle <gasps> roll initiative yeah natural 20 nice and I do say I saw that dog trailing us before but I didn't think anything of it boys what dog <laughs> it's exactly how Clubhead responds Wendell uh, you pick up on it whatever it is because you see the dog <laughs> you know what guys I've been thinking I should have tagged every dog that I successfully neutered. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because I... Club height. What? Shut up. There's a dog attacking up there. Oh. <laughs> First up in the turn order is Silbeth. Can you describe again, like, where the dog is in relation to us and what it appears to be about to do? The dog is uh, a, a sort of a medium distance away, 30, 40 feet away. Uh, it is crouched, ready to 
pounce, it appears, from the side of the road in some tall brush where it is obscured. Kyle cannot see it. But as the wagon and the horses are creeping close, apparently the horses can't see it either. You and Wendell both realize this isn't a dog. This is a wolf. Okay, and it appears to be about to attack Kyle, you said, right? Yes. Okay. I guess I'm going to cast uh, Tasha's Mind Whip on it. Whip it good. Whip its mind. Psychically lashing out at a creature, they have to make an intelligence save. On a failed save, they take 3d6 damage and can't take a reaction until the end of its next turn. Also, on its next turn, it gets only a move, an action, or a bonus action. On a successful save, they take half the damage right. and suffers none of the other effects. Right. Okay. Yeah. I noticed that Tasha's Mind Whip only has a verbal component, which is pretty cool. So, what do you say to whip this wolf's mind? Down, boy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's see if it works. Uh, The wolf rolled a natural 20. Oh, (sighs) no. Go ahead and throw your 3d6, and we'll see if that does anything. Nine damage, but then, uh, yeah, half that. A valiant attempt. Yeah, not what I wanted exactly, but... That's life. Are you severely disappointed? Yeah, I am. (laughs) Okay, you take a level and you're already at two, so roll a d20. If you get a one or a two, you surge. All (laughs) righty. Here we go. A five. (laughs) Narrowly averted. Of of course, you can always surge at will if you would like. Right. Not there yet. All right, so we move on. Anything else for uh, Silbeth before we move on to Clubhead? Movement or anything? I think I'll just stay where I am. Okay. I think that your mounts would probably freak out if they saw a wolf. And uh, unlike Kyle's horses, your mounts don't have blinders on. So they're probably going to be aware of this wolf on the wolf's turn. And there's a chance you also realize that they could freak out. Anybody proficient in animal handling? I'm not proficient, but I have a plus four just because of my wisdom. Oh, okay. Okay, well, I don't really have too many opportunities to cast this spell in combat, but I think I'm going to try. I still have animal friendship prepared. Um, I forgot to replace it with something, but this is a great opportunity. I'm going to cast animal friendship on the wolf. All right. If the beast's intelligence is higher than four, spell fails. Yeah. You take your action. You cast animal friendship. Now that also has a verbal semantic and material component. You have a morsel of, do you have, are you using a morsel of the tainted food that you have left? (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Okay. And what is the verbal component to animal friendship? Um, here boy, here boy, here boy. boy. All right. The spell fails. Oh, (gasps) guys, it's, it's not a good boy. It's a smart boy. Anything else for Clubhead? Kyle, look out! What? Look out for what? Wolf! Wendell the Wombat, it's your turn. Wendell is going to cast Hideous Laughter. Sounds hideous. Precisely. (laughs) Okay, any creature with an intelligence less than four is not affected by Hideous Laughter. It has to make a wisdom saving throw. And if it fails the saving throw, it falls over laughing. This will probably prove whether it's an actual wolf or not. The wolf got a 17 and does not fall prone or find this amusing (laughs) at all. (laughs) All right. um, I'm going to get down off my goat and prepare. Yeah, I think it would be half movement to dismount. Does that sound right, Emery? Yeah. All right, so you get off your goat. Anything else? Uh, Yeah, Wendell's going to plunge into the ground and start burrowing towards the wolf. Okay. You make five feet uh, distance toward the wolf. Wow. 
Kyle is surprised. He has seen you casting some spells. He thought you said something about a wolf, but he doesn't see a wolf until it's flying through the air toward him. And as its jaws snap closed inches from his face, the wolf flies past Kyle. <gasps> Landing on the other side of the road, it missed. This is turning into the worst dinner ever. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the wolf missed Kyle, it's now in full sight of all of your mounts. I have you guys roll uh, d4s. I think there's a 50/50 chance. Uh, so we'll start with uh, we'll start with Wendell's goat Buffy. Go ahead and roll a d4. If it's uh, even, it's safe. If it's odd, it's spooked. Odd. The goat takes off, running away. Uh, Clubhead, your mount, Geronimo, you're still sitting on it. Even. Maybe it's because you're so good at animal handling, but Geronimo feels safe with you on its back. And uh, Chubbs, Silbeth's mount, go ahead and roll. Odd. Chubbs rears up. Give me a dexterity saving throw. 15. You're able to cling tenaciously to Chubbs, wrapping your legs, squeezing the horse tight, which actually gives the horse the signal to run. And so the horse starts running forward. Give me an animal handling check, Silbeth. Natural 20. Whoa. Wow. 22. Instinctually, you release the squeezing of the horse. The horse stops, and you're able to calm it down with just a quick pat and a, a sweet whisper. What do you whisper? Um, I love you, Chubbs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that does the trick. Okay, it is Silbeth's turn. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to say to the wolf, you need to stop. I say that to my pets all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you need to stop. You get the feeling that the wolf has heard the words that you've said. You're not sure if the wolf has understood them. All right. Did we determine that my speak with animals works with all animals or just snakes? Well, whatever it was when we wrote it on your sheet, it should be on your sheet. Well, I, I remember us talking about it once, and you, you said, like, Juan T only can talk with snakes, but I think yours should be able to talk with anyone. I, I believe that's what we discussed. I remember that, yeah. I'm going to give it this one shot, then. I will cast that and then say that again. You need to stop this combat. All right, give me a persuasion check. 16. Despite the persuasiveness of your argument and the fact that you used your spell to speak with animals, it does not appear as though this wolf is interested in ceasing the combat. You said that dismounting takes half your movement speed? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to dismount and move towards the wolf. Mostly what I'm trying to do is get between Kyle and the wolf. Okay. You won't be able to do it quite yet this turn, but you're on your way. Got it. All right. And you can still speak with animals for the next, like, nine minutes and 54 seconds. Awesome. All right. Clubhead. Clubhead's Mount Geronimo is, is chill right now. Not freaking out, but could freak out later. Sure. So he's going to take half of his movement to get off Geronimo. Okay. And he'll just say, okay, calm down, boy. Calm down. Okay. And then he will sort of walk a little bit closer to the wolf with the rest of his movement. Yeah. And then he picks up his staff and uh, he points it up to the sky. Ooh. What time is it right now? What's the, what's the sky look like? Late. It's like early evening, so it's getting dark. Okay. D it's dusk. Yeah. It's dusk. Okay. 
So he says some magical words and uh, his staff just has like a faint glow. It shoots like a beam of light up into the sky. And you guys can see the moon, uh, which is just kind of barely visible. It sort of like matches the color of the moon. And then a beam of light comes down above this wolf because he's just cast moonbeam. A beam of light that looks like the moon. Of course it would be moonbeam. Of course. Or mushroom beam. (laughs) (laughs) Mushroom beam. (laughs) Mushroom beam. Mushroom beam. I thought you were going to say, you see the moon... Uh, barely in the sky, and it starts hurtling towards the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has the campaign-ending spell. <laughs> All right, so a couple things about Moonbeam. Everybody knows that it does like a little bit of damage or whatever to the things that are in it. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, a shape-changer makes its, its saving throw with disadvantage. Yeah. And if it fails... It instantly reverts to its original form. Oh. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I have a feeling this might be a shape changer. Or maybe it'll just change into a werewolf. Maybe we'll find out. So nothing happens until the start of its turn. Correct. Anything else for Clubhead? That's it. Okay. That's not how it works in Baldur's Gate. (laughs) Stop referencing that game! (laughs) Uh, I say to Clubhead, it looks like your spell didn't work, Clubhead. (laughs) Give it time! Give it time! (laughs) All right. Wendell the Wombat. Um, Wendell's going to attempt to make it difficult for the wolf to leave where it's standing currently and going to cast Grease. Oh! Slick Grease covers the ground in a 10-foot square centered on the wolf. It needs to make a dexterity saving throw DC 14 or fall prone. All right. Let's see how this goes. (laughs) All right. It does make its saving throw. Balls. Wow. It's a tough wolf. Well, it'll have to make another one if it wants to leave. True. And I'm sure it's going to want to leave the moonbeam. Now it's Kyle's turn, and uh, he sees that this wolf has just tried to attack him. So he whips his horses. Go, go, go. I'm going to give him an animal handling check to see if he can coax the horses. And he does. He coaxes the horses into a full-out gallop. Good job, Kyle. Yeah, he says, thank you. (laughs) You hear him thank you on on the wind as he disappears down the road. Now it is the wolf's turn. With the moonbeam on this wolf, you realize your suspicion was correct. (gasps) This ain't no wolf. And immediately it takes 2d10 radiant damage. Go ahead and roll that. Eight. Eight damage radiant. And the wolf begins to transform before your very eyes. (gasps) Is it beaver? It is not beaver. It is a naked woman. What? <gasps> Even better. It is Celine Whiteheath. Oh! It is Celine Whiteheath, <laughs> naked, on the side of the road. Do we, do we know anything about lycanthropy? Would we know if that was like a spell or if she has lycanthropy? I'll give you all an arcana check, maybe a survival check. Plus six, and I only got a nine. Oh, I got 13. Okay. I had a 15 on a survival check. Okay. Silbeth, you know that there's spells like Polymorph, which could certainly afford a person the ability to turn into a wolf. As far as lycanthropy goes, you're aware that lycanthropy exists because you like werebores and stuff live in the jungle. So yeah, it's possible, but you haven't seen Celine turn into a werewolf yet. <laughs> And I would say, Clubhead, you you also would have that same sort of, like, narrowed scope. You know you're dealing with a shape changer. Yeah, could be a druid, like me. Wendell, you don't know shit. (laughs) 
The ground at her feet covered in grease, Celine Whiteheath, naked and exposed, still sizzling from the radiant damage caused by Moonbeam, decides to take some cover in some uh, thicker brush not far from where she's standing. So she gets about 10 feet off the road, which is about as far as you need to go to get to the brushy bits, and she's behind the brush. You all see her turn into a werewolf. Oh my. How did I know? Uh. Was it the moonbeam? Moonbeam wouldn't have, like, triggered a werewolf reaction, would it? Because that's what I was kind of joking No, about. so the moonbeam forces her into her true form. A werewolf's true form is their, like, human shape. Werewolf form is not their true form. Yeah, no wonder she was making all those saves. Yeah. She's got probably pretty pretty high stats. I think she's pretty high level, actually. Yeah? Yeah. She, she also rolled really high on pretty much everything. Except for when she finally had disadvantage against the moonbeam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she rolled a natural one on that. Yeah. She had a natural one and an 11, so you'd have got her either way. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I can, I can keep moving the moonbeam on top of her, guys. Unless she gets away from us, I can keep forcing her out of her... Well, she gets a save, obviously, every turn. You got to do, like, two pretty rare things in combat. Yeah. Today. Force a werewolf, uh, you know, out of their form with Moonbeam. That's like the dream, you know, that never happens. Yeah. It's such a rare part of Moonbeam that most people don't even remember that that's what right. part of what it does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to fucking kill Celine Whiteheath, guys? Why is she going after Kyle? I have a thought that she intentionally missed him so that he would have an excuse to run away and separate from us. Let's find out together. You guys are still in combat. It is Wendell the Wombat's turn. Okay, so uh, what kind of condition is she in? Does she look like, you know, fresh as a daisy? Or is she uh, maybe a little ragged, worse for wear? It's tough to tell. Uh, as a werewolf, seven feet tall, snarling, covered with hair, uh, somewhere between fresh as a daisy and not at all bothered by what has happened so far. Okay, well... Wendell's got one last second-level spell. How do you guys feel about the constitution save abilities of a werewolf? Pretty good? Um, mm. likely not bad. Blindness but, probably yeah. wouldn't work. But, you know, a werewolf might not even be that hampered by blindness, so it's probably not worth it. Could make a mini werewolf. <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> Enlarge, reduce. Oh. You tried, I guess. Can I just uh, reduce, like, one of the werewolf's legs? Um, I think you have to, like, do the whole creature. Like, like you know, like one would a, a, a vehicle of some sort? A tire on a yeah. car? Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> no, I think you'd have to, you'd, it would have to affect the entirety of the werewolf. Do you guys have uh, range weapons out? I got a shield and a quarter staff, but I'm currently concentrating on moonbeam. Right, right. So that's a, that's a ranged thing. So web would be real helpful, probably. Oh, I mean, that would be great. Like, if she got trapped in a web and in the moonbeam, then that would be bad for her. All right, web is happening. Wendell takes out a tiny piece of a spider web, points at the werewolf, and a sticky mass of webbing shoots out of his hand. Okay, so Wendell, you launch these webs out of your hand, and it kind of just splatters all over Celine Whiteheath and the ground around her, and uh, she'll have to deal with that on her turn. Anything else for Wendell? Um, you can poop a cube as a bonus action. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I'm gonna poop a cube. 
Just in case. Just in case. All right. One cube coming up. She is a werewolf, so she's going to smell it. <laughs> the keen, keen sense of smell. She's not into it, but you did it anyway. Okay. Silbeth Orist. All right. Silbeth is going to use a meta magic point to quicken Tasha's mind whip to make it a bonus action. Okay. She has to uh, make a an intelligence save. Ooh. What's your DC on that? That would be a 14. And that is a nine. She fails. Okay, great. So she'll take eight psychic damage. And on her next turn, she only gets a move, an action, or a bonus action. Okay. Oh, Oh, perfect. Then I will use my action to shoot my crossbow. Fire when ready. 15 for two piercing. It hits her and just sort of falls to the ground. As I suspected. Your non-effective crossbow can probably be put away now, at least against her. Yes, I might try something else next turn. We'll see. I'll hang back from her uh, on the other side of the wagon. The wagon's gone. Kyle took it. Oh, yeah, that's right. So there's not a ton of cover. Well, I'll just hang at distance then. I should have bought some silver crossbow bolts, I guess. All right. <laughs> Clubhead, it's your go, and you've got your moonbeam cooking. I'm going to move the moonbeam back over to her space. So at the beginning of her turn, she's going to need to make a con save. She's got a couple of saves to make at the beginning of her turn. Yeah, she's covered in webs, and she's got the mind whip, so she can only do one action. So yeah, not too worried. All right. So that's going to be my action. My move action, I think I'm going to stay like a little kind of far away from her. I don't feel like getting sliced up by her claws. As a bonus action, I will shillelagh my staff. All right, your sewer stick is now your shillelagh sewer stick. Yeah, and I'm done. Now it is time for Celine Werewolf to go, and uh, first she's going to try to avoid getting stuck in the spider webs with a dexterity saving throw. What is the DC on that again? 14. She got a 14. Oh, wow. Look at her go. Yeah, it's difficult terrain. I've got a feeling she's not going far. Next up is the uh, Moonbeam Constitution saving throw. And, of course, if this fails, she goes back to being regular old naked Celine Whitey. <laughs> yeah. She oh, got a 16. Dang. Okay, that's a pass. She'll still at least take half damage. So I rolled a 13 divided by 2. That'll be a 6. And with that, you notice that she is starting to look like she's taken some damage. Nice. Okay. So she has made both of her saves. She is surrounded by difficult terrain, but it's really only five feet that she would need to. And she can only take an action, a movement, or bonus action. Still in werewolf form, she is gonna book it. Oh. Ah. She's leaving the scene, man. Uh We made her chicken. (laughs) So the first five feet of it costs her 10 feet of movement as her feet are tearing up through what's left of the webs on the ground. You can still see her as she's running across the road and uh, to the north. She couldn't dash. That's right. So we're back to Wendell the Wombat. Kinda just wanna take a pot shot at her. What do you guys think? Should we try to finish her off? If you got a spell that can slow her down, that would be the best. What about Grease? If I cast Grease, is it possible for Wendell to place it like right in front of her so that when she has to enter it because she's running? Yeah, you could do that. Uh, Covers a 10-foot square within range, and you can surmise that if she's running in a straight direction, she'll continue in that direction. Yeah. Wendell takes out a little pat of butter. (laughs) (laughs) Using magic, creates a 10-foot square 
of Greece directly in front of where Celine Whiteheath is running. If it's in front of her, she'll encounter it in her next turn. Yes. Concentration dropped on web, so obviously that's not a thing anymore. Grease is in place, does not require concentration. All right, anything else for Wendell? Move a little bit closer to where I hope that she falls on the grease. Okay. Uh, Silbeth, it's your go. All right. I do have something that could potentially slow her down, which is infestation. Mm. I'm going to move to get within the spell range of 30 feet. Okay. And then uh, cast infestation on her. Nice. All right. She is totally in, within range now. You've moved and you cast the spell. Silbeth has a little tiny wicker box where she keeps a bunch of living fleas. And she takes one out, breathes on it, <laughs> moves it around in a pattern, and then throws it at her. <laughs> oh, little pet fleas. Love it. All right. What is your uh, DC on the con save? 14. All right. She got a 20. Oh, God. <laughs> She's a monster. I guess uh, nothing happens to her then. Yeah. No. The fleas land in the uh, grease, and uh, <laughs> they're slipping and sliding around. You can't see them because they're so small, but that's what happened. Greased fleas. Anything else for Silbeth? Yeah, I don't think I can do anything else, so that's it. All right. Are you short sorcery points for another quicken? Oh, no, I, I could do that. I'll cast another thing. I make that infestation with my quicken, and then I will cast a chaos bolt. Ooh. Chaotic. Indeed. Does Silbeth feel any levels of uh, increased, you know, intensity during combat and have to make rolls? I'm definitely getting frustrated that she might leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, go ahead and take a level. We'll do that after Chaos Bolt. All right, sounds good. Make your ranged attack. 20. Ooh, nice. That is a hit. All right. So the two D8s that you rolled, Brad, for Silbeth's Chaos Bolt was a four and a three. So that gives you force damage or fire damage as your options. I would normally say force, but is she still in the grease or did she move beyond it? She hasn't entered it yet. Oh. She'll be entering it on her turn. So it's possible if I use a fire bolt that it might also catch the grease on fire? It's possible. All right, I will do that. Oh, wonderful. Okay, so the chaos bolt launches out of your hand. This chaotic energy hits Celine Werewolf and bursts into flame. She takes Eight points of fire damage. Right. Which she is neither immune to nor resistant to. Uh, how do we want to handle that maybe the grease catches on fire? At this very moment, she is in fuego. She's on fire. So Got it. Okay. If she enters the, the grease on her turn, if she's still on fire, then yeah, I would say there's a high probability that the grease catches on fire. All right. Cool. Let's do the chaos roll. I also have the option of just letting uh, the wild search happen. Yeah. Do you guys want me to do that? <laughs> you you can do that? Just <laughs> automatically get... Yeah, that, oh. that's a special part of, of her uh, ability is she can just choose to let it happen. Oh, right. Okay. Neat. I mean, it could be very bad or it could be very good or it could be neutral. Okay. I don't know, man. It's up to you. What do you think, Aaron? I can't resist a good random chaotic event, so... All right. She's frustrated that that chaos bolt didn't take her down. <laughs> she just uh, says, I, I got to bring her down before she gets away. And she lets the wild magic surge happen. And there's over 200 different possibilities that I've entered into this. So. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> wow. All right. Let's see what happens. Here we go. Ooh. Oh. 
I, I, I grow large. I am a large creature now. Silbeth's heart and her entire body grew one size that day. Awesome. You look over at Silbeth after she fires the chaos bolt and she erupts and grows one size. Awesome. Big old Silbeth. Big Silbeth hanging out there. Uh, anything else for Silbeth? I'm assuming I didn't use my full movement. Yeah, you, you want to stay within range? Is that your goal? Whatever movement I have left, I will I will use it. All right. And now it's Clubhead's turn. Okay, so Clubhead first is going to think about what he knows about werewolves. Do I know anything about werewolves? Yeah. Is that a nature check? You can go nature or uh, survival would also probably make sense in his case. Survival. Oh, that's a nice roll. I got a 24. What do you want to know about a werewolf? Do you want to know something about their attacks? Do you want to know something about their properties as a werewolf? Do you want to know how they maybe make other people into werewolves? Mostly, I'm wondering if hold person would work on a werewolf. Yes. Okay. Requires them to be a humanoid, and that's my question. She is a humanoid, and uh, it would require a wisdom saving throw, and werewolves generally not known for their wisdom. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, if Clubhead is pretty sure that she's a humanoid, yep. I think it's time to try the hold person. Hold on a second, hold on a second. Let me okay. take that back. I gotta take that back. Yeah, please do. As I'm looking at the fine print here. When they are in humanoid form, they are a humanoid. Oh. They're a humanoid oh. in a humanoid form. A wolf isn't a humanoid, and the werewolf hybrid is also not a humanoid, according to this. No! Oh, okay, that's what I was worried about. Uh, all right. However, uh, if you are moving the moonbeam onto her, there is a chance you'll force a shift back into humanoid form. Yeah. Wouldn't do you much good this turn. It wouldn't, but she would, you know, she would then be faced with a choice. Do I dash and, like, get ahead, or do I t spend an action to turn back into the werewolf form? Yeah. All right, well, in that case, yes, I'm just going to keep chasing her. I'm going to move the moonbeam over to her so that in her turn she's going to make that con save, and then I'm done. Okay, one of these days, one of these times. Mm -hmm. All right, and that time is now. She will try to make a... Constitution saving throw versus the moonbeam. Okay, DC 14. And that is a 16. She passes again. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> You're breaking my balls, man. Oh. So I'm just going to interject here because I'm looking at the stat block. So um, a werewolf is listed as a humanoid. Right. A medium humanoid, shape changer. Right. And then underneath where it says armor class, 11 in humanoid form or 12 in natural armor in wolf or hybrid form. Okay. So humanoid form would be humanoid and yeah. hybrid form is not, according to what I'm seeing here. So, and then you go down below and it says a werewolf can use its action to polymorph into a wolf humanoid hybrid or into a wolf. So it's not a humanoid. The true form is humanoid. Well, so I, I think... I, I don't know. In in my mind, they're using uh, two tight two ways. They're talking about humanoid. One is its shape, and one is its type. But but I will leave that up to you. Are we are we looking at stat blocks for everything? Or? <laughs> no, I was just curious. Because it's it's calling it a form. So yeah. humanoid form or yeah. hybrid form. They're making a distinction. You got it. All right. No no worries. I don't usually go check the stat blocks. All right. So, 
Constitution saving throw was passed. I did nine damage. So nine divided by two is four damage to her. She's looking ragged. Ragged. And she is running to escape the moonbeam. She is still sizzling <laughs> and uh, little embers are falling off of her singed hair as she runs into the grease. If she avoids slipping and falling prone in the grease, it's not going to catch on fire. But I think she, if she falls into the grease, yeah, I think it'll catch on fire. So here she goes with a burp, burp. Dexterity save and throw. 13. Oh, that's a fail. I did not think that would happen. <laughs> she looks over her shoulder as she dodges the moonbeam. She's dodged the infestation of fleas. She thinks she's getting to be home free. She sets one foot in the grease and whoop, it slips out from under her. She slams onto her back in the dirt covered in grease and the embers in her fur from being, uh, you know, caught on fire with the chaos bolt catch the grease on fire. <laughs> and that whole 10 square foot patch awesome. of ground, including Celine Whiteheath Werewolf, is now on fire. <laughs> and she's going to take some fire damage here. Clutch move there, Wendell. Yes, it was all me. <laughs> what should I do for fire damage? 2d6 sound about right? What do you think, Emery? Uh, I think the burning... Uh... I think it's normally just 1d6 because okay. you got to remember that being on fire is something that happens to just normal people and normal people have like six hit points most people just don't instantly die when they catch on fire oh, that's true <laughs> this round she takes four damage from the fire nice but it did knock her down yep she has half her movement because of being knocked prone so she stands back up and she's gonna try to escape this fire and uh, she's able to do that by using the rest of her movement to get out of the uh, fire. So she's still definitely within range of your attacks. Wendell the Wombat. I don't think she's burned enough. <laughs> firebolt. With an 11, the firebolt streaks right in front of her uh, and misses her narrowly. Rubbish. Yeah, it's rubbish. All right, anything else for Wendell? That'll do it. All right, Silbeth, back to you. I think I will try another mind whip. All right. Oh, man. She gets a 19. She passes the intelligence save. Wow. So uh, half damage on that is still seven points of psychic damage. Pretty good, man. I was going to say, but she does uh, indeed uh, not take the other uh, effects of it. So, yep. Celine shakes her werewolf head to get the cobwebs out. I do take another emotion, though. You're going to let this one? She's not going to do it on purpose, but we'll see if it happens. All right. A 19. Okay. Anything else for Silbeth? No. Moving on to Clubhead. Okay. So can I get within 10 feet of her? Yes. I would say if you dashed, you'd be able to. Okay. Not quite. I, I, I got to keep that moonbeam on her, so I'm just going to keep... Uh, just re doing my regular move. Okay. Getting as close as I can and move the moonbeam back onto her. I yeah. do have a something of a plan if I can get within 10 feet of her. Okay. So you move the moonbeam. Anything else? Uh, nope. But I'm, I'm, I'm like the Terminator, you know? I'm like yeah. in Terminator 2, you know? Like yeah. chasing after her. <laughs> like just got mm -hmm. this like neutral look on my face. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I will shout something to her. I'll say, Celine Whiteheath, you better stop. We need to talk. Oh, I don't want to kill you. Mm. 
that sounds like a persuasion check to me. Oh, I'm legendarily great at that. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, shit. Well, I rolled an 18 mm. on the die and got a 17. Okay. So, All not right. terrible. Well, we'll see how this shakes out. She, anything else for your turn there? Uh, Nope. Just moved the moonbeam, Terminator chased her, and yelled that. That's it. On her turn, she is going to first try to avoid being murdered by moonbeam. <laughs> <laughs> which which unfortunately runs counter to your argument of, I don't want to kill you. Here, I don't want to kill you. I hope this doesn't kill you. <laughs> oh, that's a fail. She fails. Yay. So she takes some damage from this moonbeam. Okay, well, it was a very low roll on the damage. On 2d10, I got six. <laughs> well, that is not enough to kill her, but the moonbeam does revert her back to Celine Whiteheath form. Yes. She's bleeding. She's really damaged. She's got uh, burn marks on her, and she's covered in grease. <laughs> she clears the grease patch just enough. She turns around. She falls to a knee, and she puts a hand up, and she says, Stop! I submit. What do you do? Uh, well, I'm going to move the moonbeam away from her in case uh, it's still close enough to send her. And I'm going to run right up to her. And you will continue to close the distance. Sure, sure. Uh, Wendell is technically next. So what is Wendell going to do when he sees this happen? Just run up to her. Okay. Uh, Silbeth, same thing? Yep. I will tower over her in large form. <laughs> <laughs> Grotesquely large, Silbeth <laughs> rushes forward and looms over the top of Celine, who's naked, vulnerable, probably like five hit points or less. I'm going to also say because it's my personal wild surge, it also makes me look more snake-like than normal. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, man. You guys are terrifying. <laughs> Except for Wendell. He's still cute. I, I Wend Wendell winks at her. <laughs> <laughs> That's somehow the most terrifying of all. <laughs> Clubhead finally runs up to her and it's sort of panting, sort of out of breath. I mean, he doesn't actually breathe, but... Uh, he's just going through the motions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he says, Oh, wow. That was fun, Celine." Um, nice work. You almost got away. So are you going to kill me or what? <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think we need to know what's going on here. And who she was trying to kill. Well, give us an explanation <laughs> and we'll see. <laughs> In my abnormally large vocal cords. She looks up at Silbeth and she just shudders. <laughs> <laughs> so, you want an explanation? Very well. I was simply trying to stop you. Stop us from having dinner with Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. No, I was trying to stop your investigation of the murder of Trickles. Oh. Certainly now you've put it all together. Well, I, I had a hunch, but I hadn't <laughs> talked about it with you guys. You know. well, we certainly did now, and, and it's up to us as the Whoop Whoop Troop to promote justice and a fair trial for Celine Whiteheath. Although, will she get a fair trial? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Mayor Schellenberg will be the one who puts you on trial, I'm assuming. She stops you and she's, wait a minute, you you didn't know that I killed him? I figured it out, but I hadn't shared my hunch with the others yet. Oh, of course, the, very convenient. Why did you kill him? <laughs> to protect 
our investments on Crow Island to protect a land called Tan. But you tried to kill Kyle as well, why? Well, he has also not been paying a land called Tan his fair share. Ah, wow. I work for a land called Tan. I love a land called Tan. I would do anything for him. He saved me as a child. Oh, saved you from what? From being murdered, of course. Oh. Is he a werewolf? No. And he doesn't know that I am one either. Perhaps we can make a deal. What kind of deal? Not tell Alain Coltan of my true nature and continue on to Kyle's ranch. And if Kyle were to have an accident, let's say, I could see fit to arrange a special... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> deal where you earn money off of Kyle's huh. cattle ranch? Well, maybe. We but... keep the cattle flowing. A land called Tan runs the shipping. We ship the cattle to the mainland. We make a lot of money this way. And of course, it should go without saying, don't reveal that I was the one who killed the Rotgrub Wrangler because that would be b- bad for all of us, wouldn't it? I have an alternate uh, deal that we could offer you. Yes? Um, we don't kill you instantly. If you agree to confess and be imprisoned. <laughs> Can I just go back to Merchant Harbor right now and confess my crime? Is that How does this work? We would take you back. We would uh, bundle you up and take you back to town. Okay. Where you will need to confess. Although, first we'll go have dinner with Kyle. I'm not going to go have dinner with Kyle. No. no, no, we'll tie you up and throw you in a bucket. Look, I l- let's just calm down, Wombat. I will go back to town and continue doing what I do. You go have dinner with Kyle, and then we come back to town. Yes, I will confess all and face the consequences of my actions. We don't believe you. <sighs> do you remember, um, Celine? When I first got here, and there was a barrel full of, uh, food with a bunch of, uh, my spores grown in it? Yes, I do. I remember burning that. You were the one who burned it? Yes, I poured kerosene into it and lit it a fire. Uh... Met a torch. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You know what, guys? I kind of don't want to miss dinner with Kyle. I'm gonna, like shillelagh my staff and just like try to kill her just smack her all right you get advantage on this she is prone more or less she's so on the moment knee. she says like i burned it with i poured the kerosene i burned it all <laughs> uh and i see the sort of like uh look in her eye of like no regrets whatsoever uh clubhead just swiftly brings the uh the staff down onto her skull all right as she looks at you and says Mita torch. That'll be an 18 to hit for 10 damage. You bring your shillelagh down on her head in an instant. Whack! And she falls over dead. Well, that solves that problem. What, what do you guys think Kyle's going to serve us for dinner? Probably beef. I don't know, but I'm sure hungry. Let's go find <laughs> out. Do you just leave the body laying there in the field? Uh, are there any, uh, you know, like uh, wheat sacks around or anything on the farm that we can just like <laughs> stuff the body into? You're still a little ways away from the farm. This is, you know, this would be like a prairie field, sort of. Okay. Celine, you're so large. This should be convenient. Can you carry her back to the farm, please? Did you just call me Celine? 
I mean, uh, Silbeth, uh, your names both start with an S. <laughs> Yo, oh, yeah, <laughs> I can carry her. Uh, it's probably going to wear off in about 20 seconds. <laughs> oh, let's be quick. Run. <laughs> All right. Yeah, about this about this time, uh, you, you get Celine Whitey's body on your shoulder, and then you decrease back down <laughs> to normal. Give me a uh, strength saving throw. All right. <laughs> Six. <laughs> Your knees buckle and you fall to the ground. No, oh. It's not gonna work. Oh, shoot. Not gonna work. She's much heavier than I thought she'd be. Okay, don't worry, I can do it. What, why don't you just uh, bury her in the ground, Wendell? Well, I think we should bring her back to the to the town. Why? Because uh, no one will understand exactly what happened. Uh, I'll I'll point out that now we killed her. That might not be a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it's just our word. All right, Wendell digs a very deep hole. Let's say like twenty feet. <laughs> yep. And then tunnel back up. Yeah. While he's uh, digging that, uh, Clubhead's gonna take the body and like lay it on the ground and just kind of look at it for a moment, and then he's just gonna start repeatedly smashing its face with his staff. Oh my god! <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, give me uh, give me a per- perception check. Me? Yeah. Okay. Twenty four. <laughs> Wow, what a nice roll. <laughs> As you complete your little uh, bloodthirsty, mindless uh, destruction of Celine Whiteheath, you happen to look down at the rest of her body. And it's not until you get to her feet that you see she is missing a toe. Oh, oh shit. Oh. And that is episode 35 of the Valley of Green Gold. As always, thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. You help make Rated RPG in the Valley of Green Gold happen. I want to thank our gorgeous Phoenix Brigade members, Ugla Set, Holly Summers, and the legend, Shane Loves Games. Many thanks to Freckled One, Adixam, and Cass for supporting the Valley of Green Gold and Rated RPG. Thank you to our Merchant Harbor Gazette tier members, Spidey Mouse, Brian Smallberries, Weary Traveler, Super Justin 64, and GBS Trek. I promise there will be some new headlines for you guys coming up real soon. Chris Fail, Lord Deputy Chris Fail, who has adjudicated matters of grave importance here in uh, Merchant Harbor and Crow Island. Thank you for supporting Rated RPG. And who could forget the Dukes, Turtle and Crow. Thank you so much. And unfortunately, there's always some crazy incident here in Merchant Harbor, Crow Island, that that claims the lives of the hapless fools. Really, they're fools, because this keeps happening to them. Will Parker and Kate Slauson. You guys were out in that field. You were warned. There have been a lot of minotaurs out there. A lot, like more than there should be, plus another few more. And you got you got what you kind of deserved a little bit. So we put our, our good friends Kate Slauson and Will Parker into the bucket of friends. I'm going to just get them resurrected again, I guess. On behalf of everyone around Ye Old Gaming Table, thank you for enjoying the Rated RPG Podcast.